Welcome back to the Energetics of Everything, your favorite place to learn about all things wealth, health, and personal development from an energetic perspective. If you are someone who is in pursuit of both being the best version of yourself and creating a wildly impactful life, then this is the place for you. Throughout this podcast, you will learn how to use my hindsight as your foresight as you identify your purpose, optimize your behavior patterns, and create a ripple effect of positive change that your soul knows you're capable of. My name is Eden Carpenter, and I am so excited to be a part of your personal growth today. Let's dive in. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Energetics of Everything. I'm back here with Elise. And today we want to talk about rapid resolution therapy. Rapid resolution therapy is a healing modality that is focused on creating very quick transformation by using multi-level communication. I think that's the gist of its official title, if I'm remembering things pretty closely. Don't quote me on it exactly, but that's pretty much the gist of what rapid resolution therapy is. I found it a couple of years ago and I like touched on it and I was like, eh, like that's not quite for me. And then it came back around really strongly last year. And so I dove into it. I learned more. I've done some training and I'm the kind of person that once I do some training, I need to integrate it. I need to learn it. I need to do something with it before I'm ready to dive into more. So I've been going through my notes, going through the books that I have, just really trying to understand the foundation of what that system is, what that work is. And I know that I'll learn more and build on that in the future, but I'm just like, I can't take in any more inspiration on the topic right now. You asked me about it a little while ago, and then you recently reached out and said, oh my God, this is incredible. (laughs) What? I've been playing with it and it's crazy. And yeah, it's an amazing system and amazing modality that we're both playing with. And that's what I'm going to say to start the conversation. I already have so many questions because as soon as you started talking about your story, I was like, I'm curious what made you resistant towards it in the beginning and what changed the second time around when you were opening yourself up to it and then available for all the magic that it holds. My resistance at first was it sounded too clinical. Looking at the website, it sounds very professional, very serious, and it's continued education. Mental health professionals can get certified in this as continued education. And I know that that's a requirement for a lot of job positions is continuing to stay up to date on the most relevant evidence-based practice that's available. And so I thought it was more of a traditional psychology, really heavy, very textbooky, very professional. And that was my resistance. I was deep in human design work and human design is colorful charts and star signs and very Sagittarius over here. I'm like, this is fun and this is colorful. This is like magic and rapid resolution therapy. In the beginning, it felt very clinical. I was also at a point with my personal emotional journey where I was really good at intellectualizing my emotions, but I wasn't Mm. great at feeling them. And Mm. so at an unconscious level, I feel like I had resistance to it because I knew it was going to make me not necessarily feel my emotions, but clear the emotions that I wasn't ready to even acknowledge that I was feeling. So yeah, that was my resistance at first. And then 
it started popping up everywhere. For me, that's the same thing with human design. Human design, I ran my chart, pulled it up and said, no, thank you. This is too complicated. And then it started <laughs> showing up everywhere and eventually pulled me in. So it's very respond. I'm going to say, no, I ride my emotional wave. And then my spleen comes in and says, now that's kind of my little process. And so it came back around and Andrea Crowder was somebody that I've watched her for years. I remember when she was in Beachbody. I remember when she was doing like fitnessy things. I've probably been following her since like 2016. I had lost touch with her when I unfollowed everyone. And then I found her again and was just like, what kind of work is she up to? I know that she's a manifesting generator. I love to watch different people in their designs and see their lives play out. I know way more about people than they think I do. <laughs> this little stalker over here. No, but I love it. It's also yeah. good that you're owning it because there's something so great in being such a great observer, right? Because you learn yeah. so much. Yeah. by observing people and can people can see it as creepy but find it resourceful <laughs> it's just my undefined g center my undefined head center and my observer environment plus being a mountains environment i'm literally just supposed to be here and watch things play out and then organize it into pattern recognition you guys are lucky that i spend so much time watching you because it has created the understanding that allows me to give you the information that you're like, oh, wow, that's exactly what I needed to hear today. <laughs> but I only get that because I'm a stalker and I silently observe all of the things that you're doing in the best way possible. But yeah, I reconnected with Andrea Crowder and she was just raving about it. And she has been in a Manny Gen surge. And I've seen her go through a couple of these where I watched her do a beach body surge where she was like partnering with people. She had lots of things going. There was a lot of just energy and awareness around her work. And then she pulled back a little bit. There was personal things going on and she was a little bit more behind the scenes. And then she came out and she was founding these physical product brands with like freak rituals and sacred co was another one that she was working with. And so I just watched her build this physical product brand as well. And that was really inspiring to see her do this kind of company and then this kind of company and then this kind of company. And then when I tapped back in with her, she was talking about business and money and healing money using rapid resolution therapy techniques. What really got me was this sentence of like, grief is not sacred. And I remember mm. writing a quote that made people mad years ago, probably three years ago, where I said, I'm all for the deep inner work, but I'm also a huge supporter of shortcuts. People got so mad at me. If you are feeling something, I didn't believe that we had to feel it as deeply as we did in order to heal it. People always told me, they're like, you have so much pent up anger. You just need to release this anger. You've got this rage that's deep down inside of you. I'm like, I feel fine. I don't want to get angry right now. I didn't want to feel that. And then that made me mad of like, okay, am I resisting this emotion? Why am I afraid of my anger? But it's just never felt valuable to me. I've always seen when we're in anger, we're not intelligent. We don't have access to our awareness. Anything said in anger is 
hardly ever what I would want to say in that situation. I just had so much resistance towards just the idea of having pent up anger that I had to somehow let go of. I'm like, I don't feel like I'm holding on to something I need to let go of. But there was still some emotional patterns that weren't fully healthy. There was the shame spiral anytime I would feel possibly angry or that uncertainty that was going on. But yeah, I saw her and I decided to just learn more about the system. So I started reading about it. I started watching some sessions, looked at podcast episodes that people were doing on the topic. And then I decided in January, I was like, okay, I need to learn these techniques. I need to have this in my world because in human design, and this is my focused view perspective, I see that conditioning and deconditioning is the missing piece. People are like, what's Mm -hmm. the information? I know this, I know this, I know this, I know this. I know all about my gene keys. I know all about this. And they're like, how do I follow my sacral authority? Like, do I have to feel it or do I just know? That is the foundation of the system and you've been studying it forever. And that is really what we needed to grasp. So I felt like my design it's easy for me to decondition in the moment i have that 3420 that awareness in the present moment and the desire to change and so all of my deconditioning it's been in these teeny tiny moments where somebody asks me a question and i notice like oh i want to say this here's my human design i'm going to say this instead and it's literally like a left and a right it's like a fork in the road do you want to continue the pattern that you've always gone on or choose something different and i see that so clearly that we don't have to go on that loop and play it out a million times in order to heal the thing. We don't have to keep saying yes to it. We can just say no, we can just break the pattern. Realizing the rapid resolution therapy was pretty much the science of why we don't have to feel our feelings in order to heal them and let them go was a huge bling, 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 bling. Yes, ding, ding, ding. (laughs) Click on this. This is what you need to go towards very bright light energy. So I went through the class, I got one of their certifications, and then I have just been pouring over the manual and pouring over all of the details and practicing with some sessions, just integrating it for myself. And it turned into the foundation of messy, which was really, really fun. That's been my journey with rapid resolution therapy. What about you? What's your journey? So interesting to hear you talk about how you first had resistance and what made you open up to it because I feel like what made you open up was the reason why I resisted it at the beginning my emotional center is undefined I had a period of my life where actually since I was a child as soon as I would have a discussion with someone I would feel all of these emotions probably also feeling their emotions and I just didn't know what to do with it and I would just cry And I felt so frustrated because I didn't know what to do with my emotions. I went through this entire journey of understanding what I was feeling, understanding when I was feeling emotions that were mine or from someone else and identifying them and knowing how to sit with them and release them. Also throughout my healing journey, there was a few months ago, I was really diving into really connecting more with my body and really feeling the emotions that were coming up instead of avoiding them or pushing them away or mentally analyzing them and then understanding them and then being like, okay, now it's done. No, like actually feeling them helped a lot. So I think because that was so helpful for me at that time when RRT was coming into my awareness over and over again, I was like, no, but we're supposed to feel everything. We're supposed to 
feel it over and over again until it's released mm -hmm. and then I think that's why I was so resistant because I was like this sounds very mental like a mental mm -hmm. healing journey and that I was not open to in the moment and I think I reached a point where I was exhausted of feeling something over and over again I think okay I do a lot of energy healing on myself and mm -hmm. what really helped was really sitting with my emotions first and then being a clear channel to channel okay what is the healing that needs to come through and what needs to happen for me to really release this but I felt like it was easier for me to do if I could release the emotion first and then be in this space of groundedness that process was so helpful for me that I was not willing to let it go and that's why I was so resistant to a new modality a new way of healing but because I reached a point where I was like, this process is very helpful when I'm doing it with a client because I have no attachment to what they're feeling or what they went through. So it's very easy to be a channel and to receive guidance from the spirit babies or spirit guides. But for me, it's very exhausting because I'm constantly having to sit with this emotion over and over again. And if it's a topic that I'm very attached to and there's so many emotions around it then I feel like it's endless. I think I reached a point where I was like, okay, I'm done with this. And that's when I was like, okay, it's coming into my world multiple times. I think it's clear that I need to dive into it. And so I did. We talked about it and I was like, I think that was the final ping for me of like, hey, Elise, you need to look <laughs> at this. The person that really invited me to go even deeper was Andrea as well because I noticed that I think money is the thing that I have the most emotions around a lot of different areas of my life are very easy mm -hmm. and very easy to access and receive information about and manifest but money was something that there's still things around it that I need to address and it was following my own process with money was really hard because there's so much yeah. around it and then I was curious to Andrea's perspective and her energy around of again this playfulness this ease of it doesn't have to be so exhausting you don't have to sit with all of the emotions over and over again you can just clear it mm -hmm. in a matter of minutes that was the big draw for me and then I was like holy shit this is <laughs> incredible yeah. as soon as I experienced it and played with it it really opened up for me Mm -hmm. like the whole world to it it's so profound to experience that sensation of wait that emotion is just gone I don't know what happened mm -hmm. to it I don't know where it went I don't logically understand like why we're letting go of the emotion but yeah it's so profound to just feel that shift and I am obsessed with it I'm so obsessed with it and I Same. think it'll be so helpful for children if those are just the mm -hmm. techniques that we teach children for regulating their emotions that can completely change the game because children are a walking unconscious mind those are the processes that they will need just on a regular basis of like okay you're feeling something does it have a color does it have a texture what does it feel like does it have something we can represent it by does it have an energy and then that is not trying to analyze the situation because when we're in our heads, when we're analyzing the situation, it's almost always justifying victimhood, almost mm. always justifying victimhood of I feel this way. It's okay that I feel this way. It makes sense that I feel this way because that happened to me. 
And so this is an appropriate reaction, an appropriate response to the thing that happened to me. For me, at least, and in my experience, I was justifying victimhood. I would be really angry about something or really frustrated and be like, well, that makes sense because I've been putting in this effort and it does look like it shouldn't happen this way. And I don't know why it's not happening the way that it should be happening. And then getting into this, it should be something different. And I was just perpetuating that resentment instead of being able to say, okay, this resentment is actually distracting me from being able to be clear and being able to just respond to this. And if this is what's in front of me, this is exactly what I need to be responding to. Everything is as it should be. And so being able to just clear things really quickly in the moment has been so powerful as an emotional authority because there are emotions that I can't just clear in the moment. And that for me, it's not like a triggered emotion. It's not a pattern of stuckness. It is something that I'm like, oh, okay, I'm not fully ready for that yet. I'll just push that back into my unconscious. It will process the way that it needs to process. But my emotional definition is unconscious. And so it's something that I witness. It's something that I see. But when I was mentally intellectualizing it, it was essentially my sacral manigen conscious self trying to understand my emotional projector body. Of course it wasn't working. Of course they were on different pages. So yeah, it's been so helpful for me. And it's also been such a permission slip of, yes, I was right when I was getting onto that manifesting generator. I can skip steps. We don't have to do all of the healing perspective that I felt like years ago. And then mm. I have John's chart too. I have his human design chart. So I know how he's <laughs> operating from, <laughs> from a human design perspective as well. What have been your favorite parts of the system? Wait one second. I have that sometimes where you say things and I'm like, I have so many questions there already because I'm so curious. And then you ask yeah. me a question and then my mind goes there. Okay. I'm like, <laughs> what were you curious about first? There were a few things. There was one, I was wondering what was maybe the first one or a big one for you where you felt like, okay, you cleared that emotion and that made you really feel or realize the power that RRT holds. Mm. And another one was, I understand your perspective of when you say your emotions are okay, it's hard to get out of the place of victimhood because you're like, it's okay that I reacted this way because this happened. And it makes it harder for you to take the next step of saying, okay, I understand why this happened. But even though I reacted the way because of something that happened in the past, I have the power to change it. So I don't keep reacting that way. Mm-hmm. RRT. It makes it easier to go to that transformation you don't first have to take that step where you deeply allow yourself to feel or tell yourself that it's okay what you felt and then having to consciously make the decision of okay now I'm going to decide to change it because you're just doing it almost like in one instance and quicker you're saying like it's okay what happened but let's immediately move on and clear it because you don't have to take all of these steps and make it so exhausting yeah It's almost like I'm giving my body permission to handle my emotions. That's really what it feels like. I don't need to tell a story about it. I don't find myself journaling about things. And I realized that because human design says I'm an emotional authority, I was trying to understand my emotions and I've been trying to understand them forever of like being able to justify and be able to see the patterns, being able to think about why do I feel the way that I feel and with my emotions being unconsciously defined, 
that's something that happens. My body knows how to process them, whether I'm aware of the story or not. It's almost like I'm thinking about my emotions less. I'm allowing them to just process in my body and I'll notice sensations. I'm like, hmm, like I'm feeling meh today. And I'm allowing it to stay there. I'm allowing it to be meh. And I'm allowing that to be okay. I can feel that, but I don't have to do anything about it. That's really what it is. I notice my emotions, but I don't feel like I have to do anything about them unless I see an emotion and it's like a triggered pattern where it's a stuck emotion or it's a triggered something or other. You know what I mean? (laughs) In that moment. Yes. And it's also easier to identify which is which. Mm -hmm. And it's so much easier to identify. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then you'd asked another question. Like one of the profound experiences, I have two that are coming to mind. (laughs) So I'll share both of them. (laughs) The first time I got on a call with Andrea, I borderline had a panic attack. It was so surprising. It really felt like it came out of nowhere. But she was just like, you signed up for private coaching. What are you looking for? How can I support you in this? And I just felt so much pressure in my body. I could barely even answer Mm -hmm. the question of what my vision is, what I want, because I'm like, I just feel like I know I have to be here. And right now I'm really close to just hitting end on Zoom. I've never had this experience before. And so we cleared that pressure in the first session and it was like years worth of weight, years worth of responsibility was just melted from my body so quickly. It was so weird for me to be that anxious i felt like a deer in headlights of like why am i here i don't know why i'm here i have no idea what i'm doing it was just an interesting moment for us to really start that relationship together that was huge clearing pressure before you move on to the next i think it's interesting to see how again the topic of responsibility came up Mm -hmm. and knowing that you're here to create change but creating change and even though if you do it in a big way in terms of impacting a lot of people it doesn't have to feel heavy yeah that difference of realizing okay I'm here for this Mm -hmm. but the way I'm going to do it and the way it will feel while I'm doing it doesn't have to feel like you have the weight on your shoulders of the whole world wow I needed that thank you I know that I've taken off responsibility lately i have let go of some responsibility but i didn't realize that there was still just a little bit of like okay as things ramp up there might be more responsibility so i've been in this like i can handle it but yeah you're right it doesn't even need to be present i don't have to feel a sense of weight or heaviness or responsibility or pressure yeah more responsibility doesn't equal more weight yeah it can just be more influence mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a bigger ripple and effect it can feel lighter especially if you do it with playfulness yeah Ooh. thank you for that i'm gonna sit with that <laughs> that was delightful thank you yeah i feel my cells upgrading already that's great wow And then the second story, I've had some nausea. I've had some really interesting experiences with appetite and nausea and almost anxiety, but 
I don't know. It started when I had the ectopic pregnancy and then I got on a new birth control that was just a stronger dose of whatever I was okay tolerating at the time. What happened was it started to give me morning sickness symptoms. And I looked it up and that's a common mm. side effect of the medication. And they say, most people only have it for maybe the first month, at most two, three months, should be definitely gone by maybe around six months was what the literature told me. And so I was like, okay, I'll just like feel bad while I'm adjusting to this medication for a couple of weeks. And then it didn't go away and it didn't go away. And then it became cyclical. So it wasn't constant, but it was based off of my cycles. There was like two weeks out of the month where I was pretty nauseous and I was able to kind of like work with this pattern of like, I just don't work out as much. I don't wow. eat during the day and eventually my appetite comes in. Maybe I'm just designed to be on this intermittent fasting cycle. Maybe that's just what my body wants right now. But it started to get really difficult to eat. And I had like three safe foods. I was losing weight. I wasn't feeling good at all. And so I knew it was related to birth control. I, I knew it was related to that, but I got off of that last November and then it had still been like five, six months since I was off the medication and the nausea was still present and it was still coming up where I just like physically could not eat. I was getting nauseous in the morning. They say like when you are pregnant, like you're brushing your teeth and all of a sudden like you're leaning over the toilet and you need to brush your teeth again in the morning. <laughs> and I'm like getting nauseous brushing my teeth in the morning. I'm like, this isn't working. There's something going on here. And I just kept getting the nudges that like it's related to some sort of nervous system regulation. We sat with that and what came up was actually one of my first conscious memories as a three-year-old where we were moving from Denver to Connecticut and we were at a friend's house and I had this like tin cup. We had picked berries off of these bushes in her backyard. We were sitting on the porch and it hit me that I was never going to see her again. And all of a sudden I like lost my appetite and got really, really sad because I was never going to see her again. And I was never going to be at this place. It's like a three-year-old. I was realizing like, we are moving, we're leaving this place. I'm not going to see you again. And like that sadness came up. There was this connection of loss and sadness and a loss of appetite as well of like things not feeling sweet. And I almost saw the berries like go bad. And I think it was because like, the cup was in the car when we were moving. So like four days later or whatever, I saw that and it reminded me of this like sadness of loss and connection. And so, yeah, we cleared that and it was a beautiful way. We did like some timeline splicing and sent energy back and it was so beautiful. And I think we've done like maybe two follow-up sessions just to check back in with that particular sensation. But it, it's been months now since I've experienced that nausea and I let it go on for like a year and a half. <laughs> I let myself experience that almost daily or at least like multiple weeks out of the month for like a year and a half. That has been a major shift in my energy levels coming back in, my creativity, my playfulness coming back in just because I physically feel well enough to receive. There's some layers there as well of being able to receive nourishment, but that was profound because I went off of the medication. I was 
doing other things to regulate it, but in two, three sessions for it to be not even impacting my life anymore was major, like absolutely major. But it's crazy because when you tell the story, I'm thinking, how did you let it go on for so long? But we all do that in so many ways, right? If you even look at just something simple as emotion, sometimes we go to a phase where, or a phase, it's like for others, it lasts like years where we feel maybe anxiety or we have these really low dips of maybe depression and Mm -hmm. We then think, okay, this is normal. And in a way it is normal because a lot of people experience it and it's normal to feel certain emotions, but it doesn't have to continue to exist. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the difference that also our team makes is like, yes, it's your emotions and feelings and experiences are valid, but you don't have to continue on with them. You don't have to carry those bags with you because we do it so often we think okay we've experienced it so we need to carry on with it and Mm -hmm. we don't we absolutely don't yeah for me a lot of it was i had so much resistance to getting off of hormonal birth control because of the ectopic pregnancy i got pregnant on birth control and i ended up having emergency surgery and losing a fallopian tube in the process and that was traumatic so of course there was that belief of it's safer to be on this and a litter but miserable than possibly entering into an experience where we have an unplanned pregnancy not that that would be the end of the world but i had a lot of fear around that and there was still that like a child is so much responsibility i'm not ready i'm not ready that plus it started to get cyclical and so it was only it would be like okay i'll make an appointment once i feel better and then i feel better i'm like oh well i don't need to make an appointment because i feel better (laughs) i didn't feel better and then i'll be like oh i'll make an appointment when i feel better like oh it's gone maybe it's gone for good this time i just let myself ride on that cycle for a little while i wasn't ready to get off of the birth control until I made a couple of decisions in business and in my actual world around responsibility. It's like there's that word and that sensation of like pressure again coming up. A whole lot of things, all the things, responsibility, letting go of pressure. (laughs) When we go through something traumatic, whether it's in this lifetime or a previous one, you don't want to experience it again. So your whole unconscious is trying to keep you safe from experiencing it again, even though it might lead to physical symptoms or habits that are not helpful. We're scared of healing it or letting it go because of what happened before having that fear come up of, I don't want to go there. So whatever's happening now is better than that possibility. Yeah. Yeah. There's that, the unconscious mind, what is it in rapid resolution therapy? They talk about important. If we've labeled it as important, we have all of these flashing lights around it, but the unconscious mind hears important. And it's like, you know, it's important. Oxygen, breathing, Mm -hmm. breathing is really important. Yeah. My mind had labeled not getting pregnant as very important. It was like, you don't need to eat. Eating is not as important as breathing. As long as we're not pregnant, you can be nauseous a couple days a week. And I had thoughts like that. Like, is it really that bad? I've learned to cope with it. I'm just nauseous every once in a while. Like half of my life, yeah, but it's only every once in a while. (laughs) And then we'll justify it. But yeah, cleared it now, feeling much better. (laughs) 
Yeah. And that's the thing with when you clear things, you notice how much energy it was taking up mm-hmm. and how so much, much energy you get back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you had any really profound experiences with the system with the rapid resolution therapy work? Mm, yes, of yeah. course. So many. <laughs> and the one is already coming to mind, but I'm wondering, is that the one? But I guess so, since that's the one that's coming to mind. But yeah, okay, let's talk about that one. I'm thinking like there's so many things that were profound, but okay, let's talk about this one. So I started listening to Andrea's um, WAP program. Well, called... alignment patterns. Exactly. While listening to them one evening, I had a nightmare essentially. And in that nightmare, I know I always remember my dreams and I always notice that my subconscious is trying to tell me something, especially the emotions that come up are really trying to communicate something to me. And in that dream, trigger warning for anyone if they've experienced any sexual abuse or trauma. But in my dream, I was in a car with two other girls and we started fighting and they told me to exit the car and I got out and I was on the streets in the middle of the street and there were a lot of other cars and people around me, but mostly men. And I was carrying a lot of cash. I don't know why. And I felt so scared because I felt like these men were going to try to steal the cash, but also then rape me and kill me. And so I started running and running and like in your dreams, you do all these crazy things and like swimming and all these weird things were happening, but I was constantly on the run and these men were after me and I felt so much fear and I woke up. I was there was nothing in that dream before I woke up I just remember thinking over there's nowhere I can go that I would be safe there's literally nowhere where I could go because everywhere I'm going they're still chasing me they're still finding me and I woke up in this fear my heart was beating super fast like I was in a complete panic and I have these exercises that I sometimes do if I have a nightmare to just put my mind completely somewhere else or just relax me, but it wasn't working. Like my mind was going crazy. I still felt like I was being chased. Whole body was in panic. All I could focus on was that and nothing was calming me down. So I was like, you know what? Let me listen to one of the audios of uh, (laughs) Andrea. So I did that. And in a few minutes, the whole feeling disappeared. And I still, now as well, when I talk about it, I can remember the dream really vividly, but there's no emotion around it. Mm-hmm. It's completely neutral. So even though I remember so clearly what I was doing in my dream and I remember the belief that came up, it's just completely neutral around it. So I don't have that fear anymore. Also that belief of if I have a lot of money, men will come after me or something bad will happen and I will get tortured or abused or killed that is completely gone. The reason why it was so powerful was because in that moment, it felt so real. The dream felt so real. The emotions were so high. And in a few minutes, it was completely gone. And other times when I've done any of those exercises or audios, or you're thinking back of a memory or you're feeling the emotion and the emotion is there, of course, and that's why you clear it. But Mm -hmm. this really felt like I was living through it in the moment. Mm -hmm. So to notice such a big shift 
in a matter of minutes without having to sit with the emotion going through it. I was like, no, I want to stop feeling this right now because I feel scared. I feel scared for my life. I don't want to feel this right now. There's no purpose for it. I understand why I'm feeling this. I understand the belief that's attached to it, but there's no purpose for it anymore. It's not valuable in the moment anymore. And also I want to sleep. So the shift was so powerful because it was so quick and so immediate and It was really neutral after that. I was already hooked before, but that was like, (laughs) yeah. Okay, I really need to learn everything about this (laughs) to not only help myself, but help so many other people and especially women. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's amazing. I love WAP. It's so fun to listen to. Morning walks, I'll do like an episode every once in a while just to be in that energy, just to see if it has any other messages for my unconscious mind. It's a beautiful program. It really is. That's so powerful to be able to heal and clear that so quickly, especially since it was present in the moment. I haven't thought about it for dreams. It's like opening up a whole world of like, wow, dreams can be really intense and they can impact our emotional state. Someone should make a, you woke up from a bad dream. Listen to this. <laughs> rapid resolution therapy yes, audio yeah for me because I remember most of my dreams especially when I have nightmares or something mm-hmm. where there's a lot of emotions around it the emotions are trying to tell me something yeah it's a beautiful way to become aware of it and then to clear it yeah. to release it I love it what is your vision for rapid resolution therapy Oh, it's interesting that you're asking the question, what is my vision? Because I've always, I say the word always, and I'm like, it's not always, but for a very long time, I've struggled with the word vision because for me, something comes to mind or it's not really a destination, but something you're working towards. And often it would change while I'm in the middle of going there because I learn things around on the way. And then I realize, oh, I don't really want to go there. I only wanted to go this little bit and then continue on another path and go somewhere else. What is coming up for me now is the vision of two visions. One of being able to clear things faster for myself because I love healing. (laughs) I love the act of healing, not only the process, but also the outcome It's taking back your power and not allowing whatever was triggering you to derail your day or derail your moment and allowing you to really be present and fully experience the moment instead of going back on the loop of the pattern. So that's one for me. And I'm already going through that vision or living that vision little by little. And then I'm excited to see where it will end up. And two is the vision of what it could mean for the woman that I'm helping. Because the work that I'm doing currently is one-on-one work. And the process that I do of connecting with a woman's spirit baby, because I mostly, I say women because I mostly work with women for some reason. I'm not (laughs) just excluding everyone else that identify as a woman, but that's what I feel called to do at the moment. I connect with their spirit baby and their spirit baby essentially tells me, what to do, what type of energy healing or exercise or visualization to do in order to change their beliefs or emotions around what happened. 
so that they can make themselves available for their spare baby to come through. And that process is very powerful for one-on-one -on -one work, but it becomes really difficult for a group. Mm -hmm. And so I'm seeing RRT making it easier for me, probably also in that one-on-one -on -one process, but also in a group setting and then helping being able to impact even more women, but also their individual transformations happening quicker because it doesn't have to go into this entire journey. I could receive the information of what I need to, for example, include in the audio from their spirit baby or from around a certain topic. For example, mm -hmm. if you take the topic of miscarriages and I would ask a group of spirit babies, what needs to come through on this topic and what exercise in RRT do I need to do on this topic? And then create something with that. And then in that way, help a lot of women that have experienced a miscarriage and feel like they're still carrying on that fear of that happened in the past and I'm scared of that happening again. Then it could help so many women, but also in a much quicker way. So then combining what I'm currently doing with modality of RRT. Ooh, and that's what I'm that. excited for, like their transformation mm -hmm. and how much it can impact that. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> I can see it being really powerful in a group setting. And I love the idea of connecting with the spirit babies to figure out the intended message for what to be included. That's really similar to what I did with Messy. That's the program that I've blended human design and rapid resolution therapy in. I went through the nine centers. I have an episode for each of the centers. And so it's pretty much like, you know, the triggers, but then just understanding the language of the centers. I got very clear visuals and I got colors and ways to connect it to rapid resolution therapy. We have this intuitive guide as well. So it's not that you come in and you're like, okay, I know that this is a head center related video. You come in and you look at which of the colors do I feel drawn to today? What feels like the best scent to connect with today or wild animal? And based off of that, it'll recommend an episode for you. I've been playing with, you're getting the medicine that you need without getting in your head and thinking this is what I need to get. And so I love that you're also creating, like you know that you'll be able to connect with the spirit babies and say, this is the medicine that you need to experience. Even if logically you don't know this and you haven't thought about that, your mind doesn't need to get too involved at all. You can just listen to this and allow it to change that programming at an unconscious level. So I'm really excited to see more people into this and bringing it into their very specific niches because it is so quick and so powerful and we have our entire lives, but why spend the entire life healing? <laughs> why not do some of the work now, do whatever we need to do now, make this unconscious and allow that regulation to be the foundation for the rest of our incredible lives. So yeah, exactly. I think it giving and it to parents the process of healing mm -hmm. yeah. right because it's like you don't want to endlessly heal but also you don't want the process of what you're trying to heal feel endless and long it, yes. and it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be it can be fast it can be simple it can be fun it can be fun throw that one out there too <laughs> I say this is a line three vocation where I heal shame through humor. My big medicine is that playful 
like, oh, wow, we made a mistake. Let's laugh it off and let's try something new. So I think rapid resolution therapy plays in that a lot. Watching John teach, he's funny. He makes you laugh. He has really bizarre, very random, very hilarious <laughs> images and stories and metaphors that he'll tell. Sometimes he's blunt. He doesn't want to answer a question. He's like, that's not really relevant to the conversation. <laughs> Next question. I'm like, your boundaries are so hilarious. <laughs> okay. Is there anything else that you want to talk about with rapid resolution therapy? Intuitively, I'm feeling like we're kind of wrapping up the conversation. I feel the same. One last thing around, you were talking about how in Messi you're using RRT for deconditioning the different centers. And it shows that even though we all have a very specific chart, our chart is very specific to us and very personalized, there are still topics that are almost like umbrellas or like a, that a lot of people relate to. So you can dive deep into someone's chart to do the deconditioning and healing work, but there's already so much to be done. I wouldn't say at a surface level, but around the bigger topics in human design, the authority, the different centers. And I think that's what is also so amazing about RRT is yes, a lot of you look at the healing like, oh, I need to go really specific and I really need to go deep and really figure out what personally happened for me. But you don't have to go so deep for a transformation to happen. Yeah. You need to give the unconscious mind some tool, some visual, some sensation, something to connect and process the emotion through. And you need to have a vision for where you're going. With human design, it's like the sensations I can connect intuitively. And just through the years of work that I've done with human design, I know what people tend to feel in their bodies when a certain center is showing up. Learning human design, I understand human behavior. I know the patterns of human behavior and I know the codes that are really beneficial. And so I used a lot of the gene key language and a lot of the language around just knowing these gates. If I just encode these gifts into your unconscious mind, that's going to impact the frequency at which you're being aware of your present situation. And that's going to support you in not just aligning, not just clearing whatever it is that you needed to clear, but it's also activating what I know are the genetic markers in your chart that you may or may not have defined in your chart, but we're all here to experience all of it. We're all here to experience all of it, whether it's defined and it's something that's fixed. If it's something that we carry within us, or if it's something that we learn about through the people that we interact with, we interact with everything. It doesn't matter if somebody does or doesn't have a gate defined, if they're experiencing the shadow, I know the medicine. <laughs> doesn't matter if this is something that you're going to need to take on a regular basis or if it's a pattern that you will witness play out in your life in many different ways or not. I know the medicine for those patterns. That's been the magic with Messi. I've had so many people say, I don't understand how you knew exactly what I needed to hear, but it is spot on every single time. Like it's because I spent three months looking at the data and figuring out exactly what you needed to hear based off of my intuitive connection to the human design system and to that language. 
yeah, it was very precise. It was so fun to see like what visuals and what activities came through for the different centers. With the head center, it's bumblebees. And so we're talking about like bumblebees and we have this visualization of gardens and cross-pollination with ideas and you're the flower, the bee can come in and then the bee can leave. We're using the color yellow and it's so fun and it's so playful. And all I'm doing is I'm saying, we're not confused or imaginative. You're not going crazy, you're intuitive. You're picking up on things that are ahead of your time. You're not doubtful, you're curious. Those are the three switches. <laughs> That's all we're doing in that audio making those three switches but i gave you the visual that's going to help you with that and we do some sensational things as well it's really fun i think with that one it's like i drop it on top of your head and then you feel it melting through your body or like you tap on the top of your head or something but yeah it's like the medicine that any theme related to this topic you're gonna need but yeah, it's been really fun to put together. And then it's been even more fun to hear just the responses of, wow, this is exactly what I needed to hear. It's so reassuring. Like, yes, okay. I did understand the patterns. I did understand the information. It did turn out perfectly. But yeah, there's so much potential with it. Yes, because everyone is a unique being, but we're not alone in what we experience or feel. Mm, yeah. We're unique beings, but we're not alone in what we experience or feel. Ah. Put that on a quote card, please. Make that a post. <laughs> post that somewhere and then tag me in it so that I can share it everywhere. Wow. We're unique beings, but we're not alone in our experience. I think that is the perfect mic drop to just end this conversation with. I don't think I have anything else to say. How about you? No, beautiful. No, I think that's it. It's a beautiful yeah. way to end this conversation. Thank you so much thank for you. sitting with me today and having these conversations. And thank you everyone for listening. I'm so happy you made it this far into the episode. Delighted that you spent this time with us today. And I'll see you very soon.